Welcome to Some Real Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Radcliffe, and we're here with Maya Workowski. Workowski, yeah. I'm sorry. I've been working on that for a while. (laughs) So Maya, refresh everybody's memory um, about yourself. Yeah, so um, I was previously on Some Real Shit Podcast, and I want to say thank you so much for having me back on. I'm so excited to talk about feminism today um but in terms of just me and my background a little bit I'm a poet I went to Franklin and Marshall College where I studied creative writing and I was the editor-in-chief of um an intersectional feminist magazine there called Feminem and we would create uh digital content and print content about feminism and we would gather submissions from all different kinds of people and we would publish it and we hosted events and whatnot um and I've been learning about feminism for a really long time at this point and yeah that's a little bit about me so um how do you define feminism um this is something that so we did our first issue on this question when we first started um feminine because i feel like that's such a um like varied question i think that there's so many different ways of answering that because it has to do with everyone's lived experience of um why they're turning to feminism in the first place so you could have two people that have different definitions of feminism And I feel like for me, the way I define feminism is allowing, you know, women or like including gender minorities too, but anyone that kind of like um, acknowledges their feminine side, Mm -hmm. allowing those people to have the same opportunities as people who are more like masculine presenting physically and in their energy. Okay. Give me one second, Maya. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Gotta be working on a lot of editing. All right. So um, what do you know about the history of feminism? Um, I have studied the history of feminism in a couple different ways. So one of my first projects on feminism was about Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and how she was created as, well, the creator was, um, he was actually a psychologist And he kind of wrote her comics like on the side and I believe under a pseudonym. So he used a different name when he would um, write the comics. But so he created her as what he called, quote unquote, feminist propaganda. And he wanted women to um, just feel more empowered 
And this was happening in the 1940s. So it was pretty early compared to, um, you know, when the second wave feminism movement took place. Um, So I kind of started researching that, but I've also researched about um, like the different viewpoints of uh, how porn is seen as either like liberating for women or how it kind of works against women. I've also um, researched like feminism in regards to uh, Christianity. So there's this woman who was, um, she was a nun and her name was Hildegard von Bingen. And she was around in the medieval times. And um, she it's interesting because like when we talk about the history of feminism, there's what we would call feminist history. And then there's people who came before, like people started actively identifying as feminists. So Hildegard was what we would call a proto-feminist because she um, didn't have the language to describe herself as a feminist. But she engaged with the world and um, the religious texts that she was working with as a feminist, and she worked towards equality for women. So there's a lot of different angles, I feel, that you could, like, look at the history of feminism from, and those are a few that I'm familiar with. Okay. Um, My first experience with feminism was uh, Mary Poppins. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah, so I remember the mom <clears throat> coming in with the, um, she had the thing wrapped around her and she was doing the dance and uh, by the time they were done with the singing and everything, she was like, okay, we've got to hide it because uh, sir will be home soon. So I just remember that and I always remember that and I just watched a show like not too long ago and I was just like, that was that was like an epic moment of um education right there you were learning so much from that one that that show or that movie has always been like the stepping stone for me of learning things and that's where I first had my experience with with the way women were trying to learn just simply just be able to vote Mm -hmm. that was that was the experience I had um, but a little bit off the topic, and this just kind of came up the other day. Have you ever seen She-Hulk? No, I haven't. Okay. So one of the people that I've um, been talking to about this, and they were just like, I feel like She-Hulk, they weren't not happy with the show. And I seen it and I was just like, why I liked it. And they were like, oh, because it demasculates uh, men. And it's like this uh feminine propaganda and I was just like I I didn't see that I did not see that in yeah. the, in the thing so that's why I was going to ask you your your opinion about it because you know it was like a big issue about that and yeah. I was like uh you guys are taking it way too seriously this is just a show so let me I know yeah yeah so- I feel like I feel like that shows the power of media though like that I don't know when there's representation like that for mm-hmm. you know strong women I feel like that can make people uncomfortable and I mm-hmm. feel like that just shows that they're uncomfortable with something in themselves rather than 
and they're like projecting it out onto the world because like if you're confident in yourself there's no reason why you have to try to dim someone else's light well said absolutely yeah I was just kind of like I don't know I I see something totally different and I put myself in the character but if if you had seen it we would have talked more about it you probably would have been like oh I don't I kind of don't see what they're saying either you know yeah but um back on topic is there anyone that you would uh credit for starting the feminist movement I think we kind of covered that a little bit yeah yeah okay um Uh, do you think there's more than one type of feminism? Yeah, I definitely think so. Like something that, um, I kind of, I feel like there's, um, two different ways of like looking at feminism and I kind of struggle with them a little bit. I kind of go back and forth with, uh, you know, which one I kind of like the best. Mm -hmm. Um, but So one type of feminism is kind of under the opinion that um, women are only equal to men if they act like men. And that doesn't really leave any kind of room for um, women who are just, you know, they don't want to be in their masculine energy all the time. And like... um, they're not naturally like that. And there's like the second kind of feminism, which is you're equal to a man or anyone else, like regardless of how you choose to move throughout the world. So it's like you can be, you don't have to act like a man to be equal to a man. And I kind of like, it's hard for me to choose which one I like better because I feel like I kind of go back and forth between my masculine and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that like women should have to act masculine just to get respect, if that makes sense. Like, I think that respect should be something that people have regardless of um you know how they are like in their masculine or feminine energy that makes sense but my whole issue with that is why do we always have to label everything like if we do something in a strong manner oh that's masculine if we do something in a feminine oh that's feminine I had a friend that would say something in regards to my kids and they're like oh watch out for them they might be turning gay look at the way I said my kids are raised by a woman so if they do anything that looks remotely feminine it's because they're raised by women so why do we have to stereotype that whole situation as a boy being feminine just because you know yes the woman is going to have a massive amount of influence on um on a boy so i don't i don't really believe in this whole masculine feminine ways you know, I like a guy who's too sensitive, that sort of thing. How could, how, why couldn't it just be that he's just a nice person, you know, or I'll have people who are like, oh, you want to date like this, this, these little uh, pansy guys. And I'm just like, 
You mean a guy that can communicate properly and, and is aware of his feelings? Yeah, I guess if you want to call it that, but it shouldn't be like that because, you know, a woman raised you. And I think that's also the problem too, is because when we tend to raise our men, our boys, we tend to raise them in this mannerism where it's kind of like, uh, this me, Tarzan, you Jane type of attitude. And it's like, did you teach your kid? Did you teach your boys to cook, to clean? Did you teach them all the stuff that you just taught the little girl? Did you teach them to be a good father? Maybe teach them to hold a child in their hand and what to do and, and all those other aspects that, you know, don't just single it out to here's what a boy is supposed to learn and here's what a girl's supposed to learn because then you're you're kind of defeating their um, their coping skills and their capability to succeed. So I'm kind of not like on that whole situation with the whole masculine and feminine type of the ways you want to act. It's basically confident. I'm confident. If you take my confidence as masculine or if I'm a boss that day and I'm making sure I get stuff done, that's just me. That's just a human being. That's what we do. And that's why I have an issue with like people always trying to label things. Like we've been labeling things for years and segregation. Like we even have our modern day segregation. We just don't even know about it. So yeah, that's my opinion on that. I could go on about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that especially with um, like for little boys or like teenage boys, it can be so hard because they are going up this going up against this like societal expectation of what manhood is and like if they were raised by someone who was especially masculine like or you know just very confident it can it can be so hard for them to like then do things that would be considered more like sensitive or softer and yeah, I wish that more men were like able to express themselves in that way because I feel like that would be really healthy for them. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of like uh, broken relationships, divorce and all of that situation. And a lot of times it comes down to the fact that they're both never on the same page, you know? So it's kind of like, oh, well, I was raised this way and you were raised this way and you didn't learn how to communicate probably not you know because men communicate differently as they're supposed to but uh they don't tend to articulate a lot and I'm not saying all men I'm just saying the ones that have found themselves in a in a broken relationship just because of their communication skills but yeah I, I just feel like there there needs to be a little bit of a change in in that scenario for all um bisexual uh heterosexual any kind of you know relationship there needs to be some sort of um you know like a, an equal you know yeah yeah well it's interesting that you bring up the like um you know queer relationships too because people don't really talk about this that much in the queer community but if people aren't like versed in queer theory uh -huh. um it's kind of like it's easy for women 
or just queer people, it's easy to fall into these like um, norms of like toxic masculinity because like even if people are like lesbians in a lesbian relationship, there's still so much internalized um, toxic masculinity that comes along with like their gender presentation and who they're in a relationship with that it's hard for them to like divorce themselves from toxic masculinity because that's how they think that's what they think the counterpart to like a woman should be or like a feminine person Mm. maybe they have like so many toxic men um around them and that's their idea of what it should be but like I've met um a couple men that you know they 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 learned how to communicate it took them a while to understand the best communication then I also had like another gentleman who was just like I mean like you're a woman and you should act like a woman of 1950s and you should keep your mouth shut unless I ask for you to speak in that sort of manner and you know I do this and I act like that yeah I noticed that where it's like um I think I was watching a show where there was um a couple and uh it was a uh uh was that um not heterosexual couple, but it was a uh, lesbian couple. And the masculine one was, or I would say she acted very masculine, but not only was that, you know, her persona, she took on cheating too. Like there was more than one female involved and you could tell that she honestly hurt the other girl. And it was just like, oh my God, I, I just, you know, why is that like a trend? You know what I mean? Why is that? Like you would think that it's not going to happen in this situation because they're both have feminine traits to them. So they, they both are understanding of what their plight is and what they want. But also, I also think like um, the other partner, she was just kind of like uh, kind of getting too big for herself and was just feeling like, oh, this girl's paying attention to me. This girl's paying attention to me. So, you know, why not just kind of the temptation was there type of thing but she exuded a lot of toxic masculinity and I was just like I see that a lot and and not a lot I see that on tv but the ones that I've met uh don't really come off like that yeah it's definitely something that is like no matter who you are or who or like what your gender presentation is like you can still hold beliefs that are patriarchal or contain elements of toxic masculinity because we've all been raised in a patriarchy. So we have values that we might not even realize but are ingrained just because of the way that we've been raised. And, you know, it's an example of how everyone needs to be accountable regardless of um who they think they are for um you know learning how to communicate well with others and having a good moral compass to guide yourself 
Yeah. I mean, you can only honestly blame your parents for so long for, you know, the things that you've taught and pretty much you could, you know, have to grow and evolve from that point on. Um, I was going to ask, do you feel like feminism has changed over time? Um, I think so. I think that the people who get to be involved with feminism have changed a lot. So when feminism, well, I'll say um, feminism in the United States. So when feminism started to be kind of um, like a, a movement in the United States, it was definitely only um, like available to white women. And um, so I think now there's more people who can be involved in feminism. And I think that's, honestly, that's why I always qualify myself as like an intersectional feminist, because um, I want people to understand that when I'm talking about feminism, I'm talking about feminism that includes like queer people, people of color, people with disabilities, like all that, you know, kind of stuff. However, like anything that could impact um, how you see feminism, I want to be aware of that and include that in feminism because like without everyone like being um, represented by feminism, it just defeats the entire purpose of feminism in the first place. So um, yeah, I think feminism has changed Unfortunately, I think that there's still women who um, don't try to include everyone. Um, I feel like this is especially uh, something that we see right now with um, like cis women, uh, like What's I guess being woman? prejudiced like against trans women and um, you know, yeah, so I think that um, it has changed, but there's still things that we need to do better as a community to be inclusive of, inclusive of everyone. What is cis woman? So a cis woman is a cisgender woman, meaning that um, her, when she was assigned female at birth, uh-huh. she still identifies with that today as an adult woman, and she doesn't feel... Um, gender queer in any way or trans in any way so like for example a trans woman uh was someone who was assigned male at birth and now she's a woman so she's not like that wouldn't be cis because um she wasn't born with like uh she she wasn't raised in the way that she like would affirm her gender if that makes sense okay um honestly I have it's like you need to give us like a little guide in order to understand all of this because you'll get secondhand information and then like where I work at like um I notice on everyone's badge because we work inside uh I work for a lab so it's inside a whole nother entity that we're not connected to because I'm only based at the lab. But I 
I notice like on their um, and I'm and I'm learning as I go along and I and I watch shows and stuff like that. Um, that as you could see, like I have it on my thing where I'm like her, she birthing women, because someone was like, well, that's your title. And I was like, okay. And then when there's like them and they, and um, there's probably a few other things, but to me, I feel like what people don't understand, um, it's like, we need to learn because I, I think that's the problem when like, when you think back to slavery, people never really took the time to learn the culture. They just assumed from the culture. So they just kind of said, oh, here's these, we're going to make them slaves. They had, had they known that making these people slaves and bringing them into this country and whatever happens after that happens, you know, but it's kind of like, you didn't take the time to learn. And so it, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of like a new thing for everybody to adjust to. Cause I was at work one time and someone said to me, um, well, why is your system the, why doesn't your system have um, an option for X? And I'm like, I don't even know what X is. Do you know what X is? Um, was it like a pronoun or what? Well, it, instead of saying female or male, it should be X. Oh, okay. And I was like, I looked at her and I was like, honestly, I have a hard enough time for them to stop putting African-American up on, on some of the things that I fill out because I'm not African-American. You know, there's a running joke between me and my friends for years. Cause I was like, I've been Jamaican for like all my life. And they're like, Oh girl, when the cops stop you, you're a black woman. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I get it. But like, you know, it's, it's hard for people to catch up with the times because people are so um, and I feel like that's another thing too. Like if somebody could just create a guide and an understanding and a book, you know, that would be the next best thing. It's just like the journey and to understand the differences that we have to have to understand. And I think that would make it a little bit easier for everybody because to me, I feel like it's all new. Like it's completely new because I yeah. see people on their badge with the his, her, and someone said to me, so you're a birthing woman. And I was like, uh, yeah, was, I mean, I, I kind of know what that means, but I don't understand why I'm considered a birthing woman, but I mean, I get it. I, I get it. But when they were like, oh, because we're comparing it to transgenders and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, but what do you say to, uh, transgender, um, females that are turning or that are transgendering into males are they not still birthing women um I don't think so because th at that point they are like their gender is not reflecting like the kind of body that they were born with so I think that they you know obviously I can't speak for them because I'm a yeah. cis woman but yeah. I like from what I've learned just listening to like trans people's stories I think that um that's something where it can be kind of hard for them because they are experiencing like you know gender dysphoria and 
you know, gender euphoria and all of these different things that, um, like, I don't know, they have like, from what I've learned, there's different triggers involved with, um, just being a, a trans person in the body that you were born into. So like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that that's something that like, that's like a trans experience that I don't really have, you know, expertise in. And, but that's definitely something that, um, you know, I want to learn more about. Oh, most definitely. Because I feel like I want to be respectful and always politically correct. Um, because I'm a big person about being politically correct. Obviously, if I'm making a big deal about just having just Jamaican on, on a little application that I fill out, you know? So I, I mean, I feel like people should be able to be who they are. Um, and it's their decision and that's what they decide to, you may not agree to it. You may not want to uh, deal with it, but that's not for you to deal with. I mean, personally, me, I've always said it. I was like, if anything, if I was going to be a transgender, I would definitely want rather be a male because I feel like I don't ever want to have a period <laughs> again. That was my whole serious thing about it. But um, I just have this one question that I want to get to before we switch over to the next one. Um, uh, do you agree that men and women should be equal and what steps can we take to achieve equality? Um, yes, I absolutely <laughs> agree. Men and women should be equal. Um, I think that that would make the world, you know, a better place to live in. Um, and I think in terms of steps to take, one of them could be, um, getting the equal rights amendment actually put into the constitution. So that was never um, put in the constitution. And I think that that would be a step towards getting that equality. So I think a lot of people assume that, you know, the law ensures the equality of women, but you know, I think that there's power in having the letter of the law match the intent of the law. So people kind of assume that if the Constitution just says man, they it means um, people in general. Women. Yeah, but you can't really assume that, especially with all of the bias and prejudice that has happened against women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that would be a step in the right direction and I think that there's a whole host of solutions that would um help I think just educating you know ourselves and others on um the experiences of other people that can help for sure just understanding different narratives um because the more that you know about things the less you fear them so just understanding what other people's lived experiences are, I think that would be really helpful. Um, yeah. Well, equal, 
equal in what sense? Equal in like working or pays or, you know, obviously they can't be equal in the sense of, you know, obviously we all know this given birth, but equal in the sense of their time with the children. I, I definitely agree with that part, but what, what do you consider like, how, what do they need to be equal in? Um, I think it's a few different things. I definitely agree with what you're saying about time with children. I think that women are, there's just an implicit kind of uh, assumption that women are going to take on more of the child work, even if she works a full-time job. Um, I think that equal pay, um, obviously, and also equal opportunity as a woman climbs the career ladder. So um, not only having equal pay, but having more women, um, all different kinds of women, women of color, women with disabilities, queer women represented in um, like executive positions, I think that would go a long way because there's still so many industries that are have women in it, but they're men dominated. And there are more men at the top of the industry than women. So I think that that's definitely an area where I personally would like to see change um, because I feel like that would then help reflect the needs of women in a more tangible way if there's more women making powerful, lasting decisions. Okay. Yeah, that... That makes a lot of sense because I noticed that, um, like, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I see it in more shows because men really don't really say things like they do, but you'll see it in a court case later on when you see, like, or you hear about, oh, this man is getting prosecuted because he did this to this many women because he had the power to do this and that and that. And um, I mean, I kind of feel like maybe sometimes when people get in power, whether or not they're female or male, they might have kind of, they go overboard with their power and stuff. But sometimes we need to have somebody in power that has a little bit more of sensitivity and humbleness. So, you know, if we could just get that under wrap, that would be great. But um, I, I think the the stereotype that once a woman in power and if you're a queer woman oh obviously she's a queer woman and that's why she's in power you know what I mean the stereotype that goes along with that mm -hmm. I, I think it just should be she's qualified she's hardworking, and she did what she needed to do to get where she needed to get to because for me it's like anytime you want to hire uh, a woman that's a single mom there's always going to be a stereotype with that oh do you want to like if if I was a uh, you know a powerful woman in an industry or something like that but I'm a single mom they don't want to move me to the top because then I might have to run out and go grab my kids type of theory you know? yeah so um I get that um I just want to know if you want to go ahead and take a break before we sign into the next one got one yeah minute and 34. yeah that okay. sounds good yeah grab some water take a little break and then All right, I'll perfect. meet back with you okay okay bye